George. Hey, Johnny. Welcome. Come Thank on you. in. Come on out to the roof. Oh, this is beautiful. I forgot to tell you, my family makes George's barbecue sauce. Oh, so really? I'm going to have to get you some barbecue sauce. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not very modern, but uh, is it is it spicy. more vinegar or more tomato? It's, it's your vinegar stuff. Vinegar yeah, stuff. Okay. Yeah. So it's 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 good stuff. So Super. I'll get you a pack of George's. <laughs> Welcome back to Chapel Chats. I'm Johnny Chapel, and uh, a little bit of a different uh, setting for us. We try to do these in the backyard when it's nice out, but frankly, today it's just just not that nice out. So lucky enough that one of our developer clients, Lambert Development. Uh, builder and developer of the Clark townhomes in Cameron Village area of downtown Raleigh has these really nice modern townhomes that we're selling at Chapel Residential and they come with a screen on the roof, a shade. And so one way to uh, enjoy the outdoors uh, without having to had the elements uh, literally ruin your day uh, is with a retractable shade. So uh, we're on the roof, still in somewhat of a backyard outdoor setting and really thrilled to have today with us, George Smart from NC Modernist. He's the executive director of the organization, the nonprofit that really uh, is, is devoted, and I'll let you tell the story better than me, George, to all things uh, modernist and modernist architecture related across the state of North Carolina. Uh, thank you for spending time uh, in, the, in the, the drizzle with us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. What, tell us a little bit about, uh, for those of us uh, who aren't as familiar, or those watching who aren't as familiar, a little bit about your organization and, and what you do across North Carolina. So, most people have driven by some weird house in their neighborhood yeah. that looks very futuristic. Odds are that's a modernist house. Mm -hmm. These houses uh, started in popularity in the 30s and continue through today. But some of the older ones from the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, uh, people kind of forgot about them. They forgot who the architect was. They don't remember the history. They fell into disrepair. Sure. And many of them got destroyed. Our organization works to preserve these houses because they're really like livable sculpture. Mm. Um, they're designed by uh, very talented architects. They live differently than a traditional house. And they're just excellent examples of North Carolina's great legacy of important design. Living differently, I think, is a really is a, is a key component of that. What what makes let's start really basic, I guess. What makes a house a modernist house or a modern house? Is it is it the roof line? Is it the windows? Is it, it give me a little bit of that? And then how do they live differently from your traditional A-frame house with a, with the two stories and the master bedroom downstairs and the, all those right. things? Right. Well, there are really four characteristics okay. of modernist houses. The first is a flat or low pitched roof. Mm -hmm. uh, the second is uh, open uh, windows, lots of windows, mm -hmm. uh, atriums, courtyards, skylights, things like that. Uh, thirdly, an unusual geometry, so it's not exactly just a, a square box. Right. And then uh, lastly, you're looking at an open floor plan where the kitchen blends into the dining room, blends into the living room. Open floor plans are very normal now for all houses, but when modernism started, they were quite the rage. They were very new. Yeah. Because at the time, you had uh, more 20 style houses, lots of small rooms that could be cut off with doors because you had to heat them uh, <laughs> with oil or coal or something else that was often very expensive. Right. Because of the changes in air conditioning and heating, it was easier to heat and cool the rooms more inexpensively. So when, when modernist homes began to pop up across North Carolina, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, were they seen as, as a luxury style of living or, or what made them different than your traditional, your traditional home? Well, they certainly were perceived that way. People didn't know what to make of these houses that looked so different than mm -hmm. regular houses. They didn't have the gabled roof. 
They didn't have the ornamentation that was very lush on these houses. Mm. If you go into a middle to upper end 1920s house, there's specialty woodwork everywhere. Um, the windows are very carefully placed in, in, into, into the structure. Um, there's lots of ornamentation above the doors, mm -hmm. around entranceways. Um, it's to convey this kind of colonial feeling. And modernist houses had none of that. It was very clean, it was very crisp. It was open, it was higher ceilings, bigger windows. Yeah, you're describing, you're describing the way that a lot of people want to live today, it seems exactly. like, right? And, and I think we get the, that term, modern, uh, especially in, in real estate li lingo or descriptions of, of homes, tends to get thrown out uh, quite a bit. But the, the basis of what you said, a uh, you know, lot of natural light, open concept, uh, it, it applies to a lot of what people want uh, right. today. Exactly. But at the time, people thought they were just too strange, too <laughs> cold, not homey enough. And so it was never a, a fad. Yeah. Um, and, and still today is not. In North Carolina, maybe one-fourth of one percent of the housing stock is modern across North Carolina. Okay. That's it. One-fourth of one percent. Yeah. Wow. But for the people that love it, they really love it, <laughs> and it's a growing sector. So if you love it, though, you really have to hunt for you it. You have to hunt for it. Yeah. And there's pent-up demand for new ones. Okay. Well, and, and we see that. So uh, at, at our, in our company, we, we, we sell houses, and we tend to sell a, a good amount of modern houses. We, we feel like we know the modern buyer and, and a lot of the builders pretty well. Um, why is it that we, maybe a two-part question, why is it that we haven't seen more modern? Why is it that one-fourth of one percent, the existing housing stock? And then do you think we're going to begin to see that, that, that grow a little bit? I think we might get all the way to one half of one percent <laughs> wow. of the housing stock. Yeah. We could double. <laughs> and, and it's because I think uh, traditionally people like to be reminded of where they grew up. And most people grew up in something that was not modern. Mm -hmm. uh, interestingly, the reverse is true. People who grew up in modern want to stay in modern. I've talked with children of many architects across the country. Mm and uh, almost all of them gravitate at some point back to a modernist house, hmm. either one that they live in full time or one that is a second house for them. Hmm. Or they have arranged for their children to live in one. Come in full circle. Yeah, with it. yeah. yeah. Um, for people that are skeptics about modernist houses, the solution is to spend a couple of nights in one and understand why the vibe is different than even in the nicest McMansion. So you're offering your house for a couple of nights stay to anyone who's watching today? Uh, I think that's what I said, yes. <laughs> Great. Exactly. We'll make sure that we put your uh, name, phone number, and address at the bottom of, right. the, of the screen. Right. Uh, wait, are there places, because your organization does such good work across the state and, uh, and, you're, and you're tapped into what's going on in different parts, it, would you, would there be, and you're from Raleigh originally, live in Durham, uh, would you say there are hotbeds for modernist architecture, housing stock across North Carolina, or is it just, is it spread into different pockets of the state? It was popular because here in Raleigh at North Carolina State University, there was a hotshot dean brought in in 1948 named Henry Camp Hefner, who lived in the Carolina Country Club okay. area, and he made the school very, very popular. By 1950, Frank Lloyd Wright himself came to the school to give a talk. Mm. And throughout the 40s, 50s, 60s, early 70s, the school was one of the top in the South, if not in the country. 
but it fell out of favor because modernism fell out of favor. Uh, by 1975, nobody wanted to do modernist houses anymore or modern buildings. It went into a period that's uh, lovingly called post-modernism, um, <laughs> which we modernists love to hate. <laughs> well, and why did uh, that happen in the, in the late 70s? It, what, what, um, what? A couple of reasons. Um, modernism um, promised some things that didn't happen. There was a big movement in the 60s for using modernist design for schools okay. and for public housing. Hmm. And there was all this uh, PR hack that it was going to you know, radically change people's lives. And it doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to create public housing, it doesn't really matter how the housing looks if you don't have the underlying maintenance to keep the place up and the social programs and the community fabric and the self-governance. Um, if those fundamental pieces aren't in place, the design doesn't really matter. But modernist design took the hit because it's there. It's what people look at mm -hmm. and see every day. Also, there were problems with materials. Okay. Modernist architects designed houses that were um, way ahead of material science. Yeah, can't buy them off the shelf materials. Right, like and so uh, roofs would leak and things would break and people didn't like that very much. But now, in the last 30 years, Material science is completely advanced. Yeah. You can build anything you want out of anything, pretty much. Uh, Frank Gehry, the famous architect, proves that with his titanium twisting buildings mm. that are so famous around the world. Yeah, we're seeing, it's just this last 30 years and, and in, the, in the real estate market specifically, I'd say, seems to be last decade or so, this real demand from people who are moving to our state from other parts of the country as well, who maybe to your point, maybe they grew up with modern, uh, maybe they just want something different, but they come here looking for that. Uh, and there's still a real shortage of that type of housing stock uh, on the market in our area. Uh, do you see that changing at all? Or is it always gonna be that hunt uh, for that hard to find gem of a, of a modernist house? In North Carolina, you're always gonna have to do a little bit of work. Yeah. I mean, we're not California, <laughs> where modernist houses are very, very plentiful. Right. Thousands and thousands and thousands of them. Because principally, the climate lent itself to that kind of construction. Plenty of sunshine, plenty of fresh air. Makes sense. You yeah. could open your sliding glass doors most of the year and not worry about bugs or rain or humidity or all the things we put up with here. We have a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. Especially <laughs> rain, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, rain is a good, is a, is a, is a good thing. Uh, so that's a good point. Uh, and so, so reasons for, for lack of that, that stock in the, in the market, but they also send that those buyers, uh, and maybe that's across the board, they tend to be willing to pay a premium for uh, for that that either new construction modernist house or that right. that hidden gem that, that needs the new roof that needs needs updating. Uh, do you think that modernist homes and maybe that's because of the lack of supply uh, fetch a higher price point? Uh, is there any any math to that? Any arithmetic to that? It could be. It yeah. could be because of a supply and demand thing. I think it's just uh, a certain amenity. Like some people will pay more for a house on a golf course. Sure, okay. Some Makes people sense. will pay more for a modernist house because of the vibe on the inside and they like the way it lives. Yeah. It's just a different kind of amenity that some people are really into. We're in a really different time right now with, uh, with COVID-19 and, and that's impacting everybody and every organization and every business. We're sitting uh, <laughs> a right. good distance right. apart, so we're, we're being safe about it. Uh, how, is, how has COVID impacted your organization and some of the things that you like to do outreach wise 
uh, and, and, and extension-wise uh, already this year? Well, our organization uh, as a nonprofit is, is very interactive with the public. We put on about 30 events a year, uh, house tours, tours out of state, even out of the country. Yeah. We have our Thirst for Architecture series of parties every month. We have a movie series that typically runs from October through March. Um, but because of the virus, we've had to scrap all those public programs through the fall. Mm. So it's really put a dent in what we're doing within the state. However, uh, we've always been a strong foundation of research and documentation on houses. We've documented 2,400 modernist houses within the state of North Carolina and about 8,000 modernist houses across the country. Wow. So nationally, every house by every major iconic architect of the 20th century, and within North Carolina, every modernist house by every architect that we can find. That's amazing. <laughs> A lot of a lot of that work now, that that uh, in-person work is is transitioning over to digital or to virtual. Um, I would imagine you've seen uh, uh, maybe a, a big spike or increase in, in engagement and in traffic with your website, with the podcast, with other things that you're doing because people are at home more and they have a, a little bit yes. of a different amount of time on their hands, maybe. Right, and they're they're going to their keyboards and they're wanting to look things up. They're spending time to listen to a podcast, which they've heard about for a long time, but just haven't had the time to do it. Right. Now they do. Now they have time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a different gear of life to be in. And um, for us, it's really helped expand our audience. And, and oh, to live in a, in a home, uh, we're all, you know, have been cooped up right in our houses uh, for, for much more than normal for the last two, two and a half months. Uh, to be in a home that is, is full of light and, and lives uh, in an airy way, uh, and maybe has the sliders that to connect the indoors to the outdoors uh, and the high ceilings and everything that you described earlier. Uh, I wouldn't say that people living in a modernist home live a happier life right now, but maybe there is something to be said about uh, stay at home or stay in place orders um, uh, and the type of home that you have to be in place in. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is some connection between modernism and the virus. Yeah. And that is, a hundred years ago, when we had the Spanish flu, that influenced a whole generation of architects to make houses more open, to get more sunshine in, to get more sources of air coming in. Uh, we didn't have air conditioning, so you had to figure out how to site the house to get the maximum amount of sun without heating it up too much, getting breeze to flow through the house in the correct way, given the prevailing winds. That affected famous architects like Richard Neutra, who came to prominence in the United States through something called the Lovell Health House in Los Angeles, which is still there now some 70, 80 years later, wow. and is a beautiful example of iconic modernist architecture. So architecture influenced by pandemics or, right. or, or and, and it, it, is, it, it plays true here. This is, we're on a rooftop of a townhouse that is 2,500 square feet over three stories, uh, but there's 800 square feet on, on the roof. And, and right. the reason for that design was uh, people want access to outdoor spaces. They want to be able to live in our climate, even with the bugs and the rain, uh, 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 with green out, uh, out the back door. And that, that applies to, uh, even though they're, uh, it applies to a lot of people. It does. Yeah. I mean, people are looking for this kind of open experience. They're looking for access to uh, restaurants and downtown amenities and being close to things. So developments like this are very prominent all over the country.
One thing I like about your website is that you can you can go there and you can uh, look up essentially. A, 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 you mentioned a, almost every modernist home uh, for sale around the state. Yes. Do you ever get submissions and and you or someone on the staff have to say no 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 that's 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 not really modern. <laughs> we do. It's kind of like What's that the screening Seinfeld process like that. It's kind of like that Seinfeld episode where they're looking at the baby who is really ugly, yeah. but they can't tell the parents how <laughs> ugly it is. Yeah, yeah. do you wanna, you wanna hold the baby? Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and they have to say something like, I believe the phrase is, that's a remarkable baby. <laughs> remarkable, <laughs> yeah. So we have to tell people they have a remarkable house, yeah. but it's just not modernist. Uh, this applies to a number of homes from the 70s. Mm. Um, I used to own one, and there are tons of these around. They have T111 wooden siding, Mm -hmm. uh, vertical on the side of it. They have unusual geometry, but tiny little windows mm. because people had shifted away from that and they had shifted away from the flat roof. Um, these are great houses, but they're contemporary houses. They're not modernist houses. I like that and that I wanted to go, so we use that word, it seems like very interchangeably, especially in describing real estate. This is contemporary, this is modern. What, are, what is the difference between a contemporary home and a modernist home? Well, remember those four characteristics we talk right. about. Uh, contemporary houses usually missing one or two of those. Okay, got it. Like with the windows, for instance, far fewer. Uh, you don't see the, the openings. You don't see the skylights as much anymore. You have the geometry there, and sometimes you have the open floor plan. Mm -hmm. But it was a it was a compromise to keep a few elements of modernism for the public that wanted that while moving away from some of the things that bothered people. It was also a little bit simpler construction. Uh, contemporary homes were easier to build than modernist homes by most contractors. Hmm. And so you've, you've, you've had some, uh, you've had to let some people down uh, when they thought they had a, a modernist home to, to add to your site and, and... A little bit, yeah. but you know, on the other hand, besides tracking modernist houses, we're also tracking the careers of the architects. Okay. So if a home was designed by an architect but it's not modernist, it would still go on our site because we want to be able to show the breadth of an architect's residential career. Got it. What, and you mentioned architects, I think that's where I wanted to go next. We, we in our business work with a, a good amount of local Raleigh-Durham area uh, architects. What, what is the, 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 the stock of, of modernist architects like in North Carolina? How, uh, feel free to mention specifics if you like, um, but give me a, across the board, you know, how, do we, how do we stack up maybe compared to some of the talent um, that's around the country? Oh, North Carolina has a great inventory of modernist architects. And, and people call me all the time and they're very concerned, like, how do I pick the right architect? Mm. And I have to tell them that that's not the issue because almost any architect they go to can design them a, a fabulous modernist house. The issue is the builder. Mm. Most builders are just not familiar with modernist construction. They'll say they are, but they're not. Yeah. Uh, they don't know how to work with the steel and glass and concrete to the extent that one has to. And um, trust me, um, your cousin Earl is not necessarily going to do a good job. <laughs> you want to find someone who has experience directly. But Earl said he could do it at a discount. <laughs> right. <laughs> he said he'd give me the family discount, George. Yeah. Earl will give you a discount, all right, <laughs> and you'll get your money's worth. <laughs> and, that's, and I think that is a big disconnect. It's the, so to, your, to that, to your point about the, the sculpture or the piece of art that a modernist home is, the mm -hmm. architect is the creator of that and then giving that blueprint to a builder who can then execute the plan, that's, I think that's where a lot of the gap or, or the, 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 
the distance happens. Right, and that's where any lawsuits come from too, <laughs> yeah. is that um, people are ultimately disappointed with the execution, not necessarily the design. Because those homes, they do tend to take longer, we've seen, in, in the design phase and in the construction phase than a typical home does. A lot of times the materials, the steel, the windows that go into those do drive the cost up. Uh, uh, so you have to, if you're, if you're a buyer and, you, and, you, and you're, you're looking on Zillow or, or Redfin or whatever and you're looking for a modernist home uh, and you want to start from scratch and have that, that, that dr the American dream of, of cre creating your own home, you need to go into it eyes wide open that it's, it's going to take longer and cost more than maybe your two-story Square well, box. It, it depends. I mean, one of the things about modernist houses, as far as the media goes, is builders and developers and owners like to bling them out. So you can have an extraordinarily expensive house okay. with all the things you put in it. However, modernist design is no really different from traditional design. In terms of cost per square foot, they can be very similar. So if you're not trying to have the latest, greatest, you know, most expensive appliances for your house or features like that, you can have very uh, superb design and have a great modernist small house for the same money as you could do something else. It's just that people who tend to buy modernists want to add a lot of other stuff to it. You know, they want to have that espresso machine built into their kitchen. Yeah. Uh, they want to have some specialty sinks or ovens or appliances or things like that. Um, in our house, we realized this early on and, and went to Sears and just ordered all our appliances at one shot on sale. And they stuck them in storage for six months until our house was ready and put them in. Because we realized that ultimately, neither one of us is a chef. Mm -hmm. So we didn't need to have the you know, $16,000 fridge. The Viking appliance right. package. Right, yeah. Yeah. right. Um, I think by, by looking honestly at those decisions, you can have any house you want, really. Is there any, uh, you know, uh, to our point earlier, people have a little bit more time on their hands maybe now or have had it the last couple of months, but, mm -hmm. but folks are also starting to get out and about a little bit more uh, recently. If it puts you on the spot here, if, uh, if, if I've got a, a few, even though I can't go on large tours now, if right. I really want to go and, and head out and, and see some really amazing, maybe under the radar examples of modernist uh, architecture, in the Triangle area, uh, give me give me a couple that come to mind. So there's some neighborhoods you can drive through. Okay, um, off of Cornwallis Road in Durham, uh, Duke University started a neighborhood for faculty in the '60s. That's 70% modernist houses. Okay, there are 60 or or 80 of them over there. You can drive around. Um, great neighborhood, Gramble Drive in Raleigh around the Country Club sure, is yeah. one. Um, there are a number of them in Chapel Hill on Morgan Creek Road, mm -hmm. which is where the musician James Taylor grew up. Right. He actually grew up in uh, John Latimer, George Matsumoto, Modernist House, mm -hmm. that right now is being renovated. And it's going to be spectacular once it's all complete. Mm -hmm. um, then you've got another area called Lakeshore Drive in Chapel Hill uh, around a lake. And most of those houses are modernist as well, as you can see those just driving around. And then in the Raleigh area, uh, within the Beltline, in the last 10 years, there are 200 different units of condos and houses and townhouses have been put up um, that are really terrific. Thank you for mentioning some of the, the, the new stuff that's, that's popped up, in, I think, both Raleigh and in Durham. And I think the reason why we try to 
push our builder clients and developer clients to push that envelope to modern because again we see that there's such a small supply of that and such a and such a demand for it in the marketplace. George, as we wrap up, anything else you'd like to add about about your organization, how people can get involved, and uh, anything else? Well, we have a newsletter that comes out every Monday that people can subscribe to. It's free. You can access that at ncmodernist.org, mm -hmm. and people who have questions can reach me at george at ncmodernist.org. Great, and uh, and as you offered earlier, we'll put George's uh, home address on there, and he's welcome to have you over for uh, for a couple of evenings to let you try out uh, a modernist lifestyle. It does happen. <laughs> I mean, when we moved in, the day we moved in, um, the fire truck pulls up, and like eight guys get off, and they all want to see the house. These were just guys from the local fire station that were curious about that weird house going up on Pelham Road uh. in Durham. So people drive by all the time and are taking pictures out their cars. We're used to it by now. Could be worse reasons to have a fire truck show up. Exactly. Thank you, George, for being, uh, for being a guest. Thank you for uh, watching this edition of Chapel Chats, and we'll be back with another one very soon. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so thanks again for watching this episode of Chapel Chats. Please don't forget to uh, hit us up if you have an idea, if you'd like to be a guest. What else? Comment, share. Comment, share. Like, comment, like, share, comment subscribe. share, subscribe on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace. Are we on MySpace? This is going to take off. Tom still wants to be your friend. MySpace and Craigslist is going from there. Let's try that. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs>